You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast, sponsored by Centre by Iris, the weekly podcast for bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be talking about what's new in the bookkeeping world. Here are your hosts and founders of the six-figure bookkeeper, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, Zoe. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for today's podcast. Me too. Wow. (laughs) We've been talking about starting a practice um, a lot this month. We're running an offer on our startup program, uh, which we will share the details of. And we we were hoping to talk about starting a practice today. And then Sarah Twig, who's joining us today, went and put this incredible post in our Facebook group and our success lounge, which is our members only group about the success she's had since she launched her business last month and we were like we have to talk to Sarah about this because we need to talk like real life what does it really take to start a practice so Sarah thanks so much for joining us how are you today I'm all right thank you thank you for inviting me on oh no thanks for being so flexible and like just jumping on it as well because it takes courage as well you know like it really takes confidence to be able to do this so we really appreciate you taking your time to come and share with everybody your journey and your story do you want to start by telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do in your new life as a bookkeeper? Sure. Um, so I'm Sarah. Hi. I run Twig Accountancy Services. Um, name, because obviously my last name is Twig, but also lends itself to many, many puns like belief in yourself or give your bookkeeping some stick. Um, I I wanted to do bookkeeping for the longest time. Um, well I wanted to do accountancy for the longest time on my own and I found it very intimidating I think is the word um to try and kind of just strike out you know when you've been in industry for so long you know like well this is it this is my job this is what I do you know this is my boss these are my hours and I just I wanted something different so I decided to change in my entire life pretty much within about two months uh I've gone from I mean I handed I I did a timeline on on the uh in the group uh which was I started Twig Accounts Services on the 7th of January I handed in my notice I think on the 10th or the 11th of January I negotiated early release so I was out by the 21st of January had my first client before I left which was I think the 12th 9th something around there of January then had my I joined here uh the success lounge uh on the 23rd ish of January and then I had my second third and fourth client I potentially have a fifth today as well um we're just ironing out some details um I mean technically now I'm fully booked (laughs) This is incredible, Sarah. This is amazing. Yeah. Oh Oh, gosh. What What I'd love to know, Sarah, is firstly, I mean, we all want to know how you've done this so quickly. But what I want to go back a bit before we get to the the juicy point that everybody wants to know. So you've all you've worked in industry because you're very young. You look youthful. That's very kind. uh, You um. How long have you been in, was you in practice and in accountancy and what are your qualifications? So I'm AAT qualified. I'm part SEMA qualified as well, but that's sort of back burner, way over there kind of thing at the moment. Um, I've been AAT qualified for five years. I've worked in industry accountancy uh, for, or accounts for uh, 10 years now. Would have been 11, I guess, July-ish time. 
Uh, I've worked in farming industry, I've worked in manufacturing, food preparation, services, I've done a whole host. Uh, and I've worked from my very first role was a purchase ledger clerk at a service mm -hmm. place and basically it was just data entry. Um, and the last four years, I've worked as a management accountant uh, on a farm and in a manufacturing business. So, so okay, so this is what I'm trying to find out is, was you in a practice, an accountancy practice, and then were you looking after clients or were you in industry and you had a job and you was looking after a client? Because a lot of people stop themselves from setting out in business because they, they say, I've never worked in practice before. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that you're saying that you've had this great success without having that background might give somebody listening a bit of a boost and think, oh, okay, so you can have the qualification and not have worked in practice and still set up your own practice. Absolutely. I mean, I, so mine have been jobs for, for one person um, or one, one business, sorry. And initially I had the same kind of doubts, like, can I do this for other people? But essentially what I'm doing is I'm doing what my job would have been for one person but I'm doing elements of it for different people and it's all about customer management or client management at the end of the day we as accountants we deal with lots of external people all the time when you're working in an accounts department you work with your suppliers you work with your customers you work with your other departments so we already have that ability I think to talk to people and to suss out what people need you know when sales will come to you and they'll say oh I need a report that does xyz they don't necessarily know that they need a, one that does X, Y, Z and also A and B, and we are there to fill in the gaps. And essentially, we do that when we're working with clients, or I found in my whole six weeks that I've been doing it. <laughs> they sort of, they talk to you about what they think they need, and then you say, well, I can also do this, and this might also be helpful. And by doing that, you're sort of adding value, and you can take that from your job role, you know, if you've been doing management accounts, if you've been doing data entry input purchase ledger sales ledger reconciliations you can take all that and give it to somebody who really really needs it you know in a small to medium business or as a sole trader I don't think it should put you off it did to start with with me but I don't think it should I love that you've identified that value add like I think that's one of the big I think it's like how we need to see that what we do transfers into another way of working or I always thought you know I've worked for lots of big businesses but this is so vital for small businesses to understand this stuff so how do I help them to understand it and it's like seeing how transferable that is and actually saying well actually I've got loads of experience I can bring here I'm just coming at this from another way than they might expect so I love that because that can help us stand out and you know be different to all of the other people who are doing the same thing you know what was the motivation for you Sarah what was the trigger for you to start this practice at the beginning of January I was working somewhere that had a lot of change and um I didn't think it was a the healthiest place to work and on top of that on a personal note my grandma died last year and I didn't have the mental space or the time to go and see her because I was doing I was doing extra hours for my nine to five I was sort of working half past seven to half past six um, and it wasn't something that I wanted to repeat. So September time, my colleague who was leaving uh, where I worked said to me, have you thought about being self-employed? And I said, no, can I do that? But she had a friend who was a bookkeeper and uh, I got in touch with her actually first and said, so what, what do you do? 
because I know what I do in my job, but what do you actually do for people? Like, I can't imagine a hairdresser, for example, wanting management accounts. And I can't imagine too many of them do. But they may want you to forecast for them and just say, right, this is going to be your income by the end of March. And these are going to be your costs. Do you want anything to change? Um, and she just she just said that anyone could do it. And I thought, hmm, maybe. Then I found you guys. And I listened to most of your podcasts. I think there's still a few that I haven't yet, but I listened to most of your podcasts. I got involved with the Six Figure Bookkeeper community in the free group. Um, listen to what they had to say. They're so supportive in there. Um, I did a post, I can't remember when, November time maybe, asking for help and they swamped me and it was wonderful <laughs> and I just felt the love, it was lovely. Um, and then I took, I think you guys did an event at the beginning of November or end of October for the startup course. So I did that. Um, <laughs> I've never bought a course online that wasn't like AAT or something. So I had to had a discussion with my husband. He was like, if that helps. So then I did it and I did it in about a week because <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. I need to get through this. And um, by the end of that, I felt so much more confident. I knew that I was going to do it. I just didn't know when. So then I went on holiday in December. And when I got back to work, I was like, right, do you know what? If I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. I don't want to get to 60 and look back and go, I didn't even give it a go. So then, yeah, I handed in my notice on the 10th, I think, and then I was out. <laughs> that is, you know, I think that's the thing sometimes, isn't it? It's not necessarily um, put, being pushed towards something so fast that motivates you. Sometimes it's when you look forward, and someone always said this to me, like, if you imagine yourself sitting in a rocking chair in your 90s, what are the regrets you're going to have? Mm -hmm. And they're the things you need to work on today. And it's like really stuck with me. Like, I don't want to sit in a rocking chair and have regrets. And yeah. that's kind of the thing that kind of pushed you. It's like, yeah, you could have stuck with it. Yeah, it wasn't great, but it wasn't horrific. And there wasn't a big event and a huge fight and a, all this that made you leave. But you just realize that life's too short and I don't want to have any regrets. And I just want yeah. to give it a go. And it's interesting that you should say, actually, that... Um, you didn't know what a bookkeeper does. And we find this a lot. So people have got their qualifications. And like you, you're qualified AAT. You know, people might be have gone through, um, you know, university and then come out and done, got their exemptions and become a qualified accountant. But they're like, well, what do I do day to day? If I was going to run a bookkeeping practice, what do I do and how do I help? So we actually have listened to everybody that has been saying that. And me and Zoe have recorded uh, a video training on and plus uh, Paul my husband has come in as well to help on the on the parts of payroll about what really do you do day to day what are the processes how do you help your clients and and what it's all about and actually we're going to add this in as a special offer for our startup program as um, a Valentine's bundle I mean we know Valentine's gone has gone but the love is still there and you can have access to this until the end of February for the reduced price is £120 off which is including that and it's for £239 and that includes the course that you've just mentioned um, Sarah all about how you start a bookkeeping practice it's a, it's a checklist it's a tick box along with videos to the how to do each of the elements and you do get six cpd points but we are throwing in as a bundle what does a bookkeeper do day to day as well which um, i hope you find really helpful and, and and as you can see here 
is was really kind of a catalyst gave you the confidence to kind of push out of your own way and start on your I, I can't believe your journey it's absolutely fantastic so if someone's sitting there now they've got their qualifications maybe they're working in industry um what would you what would your advice be to them I think it would be to assess the life that they want to lead in the future that's what I did I said right what hours do I want to work do I want to work weekends or do I want to work in the week? Do I want to work evenings? Now, I like a flexible lifestyle. Sometimes I'm up at five o'clock, so I do my work in the morning till about 10 and then I have the rest of the day off. Sometimes I'm a bit lazy and I sort of do it middle of the day and sometimes I just do it in the evening. And it, it fits me, you know, if I've got, if I want to go see my mum and things, you know, I can, I've got that flexibility. Um, so I think really the first thing you need to do is think about what life you want and i said this to a lady the other day we were talking i made friends with somebody else um we were talking about niching and she really wanted to figure out her niche and i said well why not instead of doing it from a what personality do they have what industry are they in do it backwards so first of all figure out how much you want to earn for or what what lifestyle you want you know how much you want to earn for the year right how much do you want to earn for the month right how many clients do you want to work for do you want 25 at say 500 pounds a month or do you want 10 and say a thousand pounds you know and then work backwards from that right what can provide me this and i think work backwards in a way figure out what you need to do i mean the startup course is really good because it is almost like a tick sheet you know you're like right I need my anti-money laundering in there i need my insurance i need my license right and once you've got all that you can then start to build on it i think the biggest maybe the reason i've kind of got so many clients in such a short time is because i was able to quit my job i know a lot of people aren't in the position where they can just turn around and be like bye um so maybe if they're already working, it might be a slower build, but that doesn't mean that's any less progress, right? Baby steps will get you there just in a slightly longer time, but they will still get you to where you want to be. Um, yeah. So did I think go, maybe just go slow and you'll be there. Did you go through that process, Sarah, when you were thinking about, you know, this is what I'm earning at the moment. And when I ran my business, I guess you had, you were like, I need to earn the same or more, I suppose. Yes. Um, so did you then think, right, so I need to find X number of clients and I need them to pay me this? Yeah. So my goals were partly financial, but also partly time. I don't want to work any more than 25 hours a week. Uh, but at the same time, I want to earn the same as what I did when I was working 40 hours a week. And mm -hmm. I think that's perfectly doable. So I started out with that mindset to start with and uh the first client i had now i know you guys don't charge hourly but i figured I'm, i was just starting out so i started hourly and um i had a conversation with a few people a couple of bookkeepers and my husband about what i should charge hourly and i was like oh 2025 that will do you know and he said nah 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 30 minimum and go for that now my first client i said really nervously i was like yeah i'm uh, I'm uh, 30 pounds an hour. And she was like, yeah, that's fine, blue ruin, put, put it through. And I'm like, really? I should have asked for more. <laughs> I should have done that. But I've done what you guys have, have said and said, you know, right, in April with the new tax year, I'm going to review my pricing because that'll be three months effectively that I'll have worked and then I can figure out what I'm worth more, you know? But Absolutely. And I, I think that's so key because as you when you're in the very early days you know 
you know, if you think of like a graph with your like confidence and time, confidence builds over time. And then actually you realize, wow, I'm adding this much more value. And I think really getting into the habit of repricing or looking at what you're offering or offering new services to clients on a quarterly basis now with the view you've got will make sure that that scope creep doesn't creep in and that you are you there's no like um you know offset of the fact you're adding more value to what they're paying you're always keeping that in check and they will understand oh you can so and you can say right i've got real understand your business now um actually what i think i could do for you is this and that could help you and keep reminding them that there's other things that you can do i think we can very quickly get in the habit of thinking oh well i've not mentioned it now it's they've been a client of mine for two years so be a bit weird to mention that i do that now um but it really doesn't matter it's fine but if you get in those good habits of the conversations around the services you're providing the value you're providing what other things you can provide Mm -hmm. i think you will you can keep hold of those clients and keep growing with those clients without having to always keep searching for more and i love the fact you've set out a goal of i need this i want to work this this is what it's going to be, and I've achieved it in six weeks. Yep. <laughs> like, it's no bother. But just to put it in context, I have had about, so I've got potentially five clients. I've had about 40 inquiries. So I think it's about being a little bit picky about who you want to work with. I, I don't want to do self-assessment tax. I never want to do self-assessment tax. It's not my jam. Don't like it. But in January, I had a little bit of a wobble and um, Zoe and I had a little bit of a discussion about me going to ICB so I could outsource it. Well, actually, I don't really just don't want to take on those clients either. There are so many other bookkeepers who could do tax, who want to do tax as well and are interested in it and I can add value to that client that they're not for me. So I passed on those. There were some that wanted um, sort of reporting side of things and I don't mind doing a report, but... I'm expensive for someone who's doing data entry. So again, there are other people who can do that. So it's not it's not just five people came to me and went, you're my gal. I had 40, about roughly 40 people inquire. A few people didn't want me because they wanted the whole thing, you know, tax and bookkeeping and everything else under one roof. And I didn't really want to do that. Uh, a few people found other people who were a bit cheaper. And it's about just kind of getting a balance I mean, when I spoke to the the first one, I was terrified. <laughs> I was proper terrified. It felt like an interview. I didn't feel on the same level as her um, at all. But now that I've spoken to 40 different people, I can talk to people. It's about getting the practice in. So even if you don't get the client, ask the questions. Do it as if you think, yeah, I'm going to snag this client like that. And you'll get the practice in, you'll get the confidence in. And then when you do get a client who clicks with you, you can be you can just sort of waltz in there and be like hell yeah i can do this you know you have that confidence i think that's so important the confidence side of things you don't realize you think oh i'm a bookkeeper i just type things into a spreadsheet or whatnot but it's the confidence about talking to people and then adding the value on top of that that i think is really quite key 40 inquiries is heaps i've got two thoughts about this my first thought is is there a way now to not get you on calls with people who aren't going to turn out to be ideal clients so is there a way that you can like kind of sense check whether it's worth your time because I think there might be people thinking oh my god I can't go on 40 calls yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that might be something to work on but yeah. how on earth did you get 40 leads how on earth did you do that because people want to know that <laughs> um so I 
I was saying to you guys before we started that I'm I tried to set up or I have set up an art business for myself I'm an artist I, I make stuff out of clay and um I was trying to figure out how to make that viable long before I was thinking bookkeeping for myself was a viable option uh and as such I got involved with a lot of small businesses lots of arts and crafts but also lots of coaches and um like reiki people healers that sort of stuff um they're all online there's dozens of them about 400 of them are on my facebook so feel free to go and have a look um but because i'm involved with a lot of small businesses and i put my facebook my personal facebook profile out there um it is a relatively new one because i i decided to rebrand myself when i got married so i, I just made a new one um because I'm using that, that is, I think, one of the biggest marketing tools, probably in the same way that Jo has used LinkedIn um, to fuel her business. Facebook is also a very good way to connect with people. It's quite easy, quite laid back. But also, if you put it on your profile and make friends with people, it whenever you post anything, it's at the top. If you make pages, it's all very well, but they they not they don't like the Facebook algorithm. No one ever sees them. So you can have a Facebook page as well, but advertising on your profile that's how I got probably 75 percent 80 percent of those inquiries I was gonna say straight away Sarah when you said you had 40 inquiries I was thinking I know how I know how she's done it because her Facebook is awesome you are funny you are 100% you you just you say it how it is whatever's in your mind you use it as it's meant to be used and you document things along the way and you're not, you don't try and be anything else. You like, I, and I just, I think you're really relatable, um, really likable. And I, I can see why people are reaching out to you and saying, I want to know more how you can help me because I just want your kind of energy in my life. That's what you do. <laughs> you have your high energy and you're present. And um, I think people can learn a lot from what you're doing because you, um, and this is why I want I have Facebook friends and clients because I want people to see me if I'm you know out for a meal with friends at the weekend or I'm doing something with the kids. I want them to know there's a human behind the business. Yeah, and I think that really sets help on a respect level as well that people see that there's a real person. Whereas I think in the past when we went out with a corporate website and just a LinkedIn profile and um, you know. You, it was cold and you it, and they, it was a service you were after a service where people want connection with you yes. and I think that's why people you're like you're like this magnet human magnet for bookkeepers uh, bookkeeping services <laughs> people just want people just like I want whatever she I literally have said I think I said to Zoe whatever she's on I want to be on that because that <laughs> is she's got this energy and stuff so um I think that's definitely what you've been doing um and where did you learn that? Or is that just, have you always been like that? Or have you learned some steps about how to use Facebook for business? I have learned some steps. I, I mean, I have the energy, generally. I'm quite an energetic person. Um, but I think my sense of humour helps the framework. So the framework is based on, um, like, building empathy. So... Uh, letting people know you're a human being, as you said, Joe. Um, building your expertise, so showing showing up for people in a professional manner and showing you know your stuff. So trying to be the expert out there. Um, 
showing you've got results so i haven't done this on my facebook page just yet but i've got a couple of testimonials uh use those because when when i was running the art business on my other facebook page those really drove people to come and see me and to notice me because they're like oh you actually do have a business with actual real people <laughs> that's cool and then i mean i limit the sales questions and things on there you know because you see so many people going buy my stuff and that's never made me buy a thing <laughs> you know what i think maybe when you're posting things think what would i want to know if i was a small medium business or whatever your niche is what would i want to know what would i want to see i mean i posted a picture of me in an egg costume i don't know if you guys saw that just before the podcast and i was just like oh, i'll put that up there and there's so many egg puns on it we've had a lot of fun um but it just it's just a bit of fun i think I've tried to market myself as a non-scary accountant because when you think accountant in your head, I still see an old grey man wearing a grey suit, like with a really posh pen, like, oh, what are we doing today, Sarah? You know? And we're really not like that. I mean, nine times out of ten, I'm in my Wonder Woman hoodie. We're not we're not scary. We we lark about like anybody. And I think by breaking that boundary down, especially for small businesses, especially for younger businesses now, that helps us just be relatable, as you say. And if we can relate to a business or a person, we can relate to what they're selling or what they're giving or what they're doing. So, yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> I love the... I love the posh pen. <laughs> I haven't really thought, but it's so cute. There's always a posh pen. There is, isn't there? In a little case. Yes. Um, so when you let, tell me about the Facebook strategy, so you you connect with people who run small businesses, and you do you can, do you direct message them, or do you no. get engagement on your posts and then take it from there? Yeah, engagement on your post first. People will come to you. Now, lurkers will be there, and maybe so maybe you'll post something and you'll think, oh, this is the best thing in the world, and you'll get two likes. Do not despair because the lurkers will be the ones who watch this for a couple of months maybe and then they'll go, ah, you, I like you, I I appreciate you, I'm going to talk to you. Don't DM people. I, I People DM me and I'm like, go away. I don't want to buy it, whatever it is. I know exactly what you want from me. Do not link me with your profiles. I don't care. Just, you know, if you want to connect with me as a human being, absolutely go for it if you want to connect with me because you want to see what i post on facebook go for it but i don't want to be dm'd unless like <laughs> if, if it's someone in six-figure bookkeeper and they want some help yeah dm me but don't cold dm me i hate that don't dm your customers at all <laughs> i tell you what i got a dm on linkedin last night from a personal trainer like this guy connected with me i accepted and i was like he's gonna send me some i don't know <laughs> i mean he was like connecting with his ideal client I get it he was like I help women do whatever and I was like so I just sent him a voice note and I was like oh hi thanks because he messaged me oh how you know how do you fit whatever in like I don't know nice to connect with you I can't remember what he said and I was like I know you want to sell me something so I just messaged him and he hasn't replied and I was like what is it that you do go on I know how this works <laughs> but um so I'm I if I think if people invite you to message them or like they raise a hand or they yes. comment or they're stuck with something then that's a good time to DM them but I wouldn't Absolutely. cold DM somebody how do you choose the people you want to connect with though like do you go out and friend request people yes uh, I tend to hang out in a few different groups uh so I've got my arty groups as well um but 
sort of small business connecting groups. There are lots of networking groups out there. There are probably local ones nearby as well where you can physically go and see people, which if that's your jam, go for it. Um, but it's about talking to people and genuinely helping them. So there's been a few instances where I've got like 100 mutuals with people. In fact, most people who come to me now, I have 100 mutuals or more generally. Um, and they do genuinely just want some help. So they'll message me without connecting. So then I'll, I'll friend request them. But there's a lot that if I say, if I see they've got 150, I don't know, <laughs> mutuals on there, I click on them, I go, oh, well, there's nothing racist or sexist on your profile. You can be my friend. And then we just kind of go like that. I think one of the things you can do on your Facebook profile to, if you like, weed out the people that are not going to be on your side is post stuff that's not not controversial and not aggressive or anything but stuff that really annoys you in your industry <laughs> or something that gives people um a feeling where they're like oh well actually maybe you're not for me and they can move along because ultimately if they're not for you you're not for them and you want a good relationship with the people uh, we was we was just saying this in one of our earlier meetings today that, um, and I said that the more you you are and the more vulnerable you are and the more of everything you put out there, the best thing about that is the more you repel people that aren't going to be your people. Absolutely. So just, yeah, because and that's it. And then they'll make the decision themselves and the people that start, and I have exactly the same, I have people that add me and I look and we've got loads of mutual friends and all their mutual friends are in the salon industry and I'm like, yes, and they... They're searching me out when you start getting that kind of momentum. Mm -hmm. So what do you do in the other groups that you're in, the Facebook groups that are in, you're in with your arty people or anyone that's kind of small business owners? Do you create posts or do you just engage with posts? I would engage with them. There's nothing worse than going into, say, a small business group and going, this is my stuff. This is why I'm awesome. Because two reasons. Some groups will think that you're poaching people and they'll just ban you. And secondly, you look a bit big headed. Now, there's nothing wrong about bragging about how great you are. <laughs> you know, we should do that more, I think, as a society, because we're all we all think we're much less than we are. But um engage with people so if your ideal client for example is in a small business group and you see that they're having trouble with tax or they're having trouble with just something simple you know numbers or they don't know when a deadline is or something just help them just genuinely help them the more you help people genuinely I'm a bit at fault with this because I'll sit on a group for ages and be like oh my god yes have this essay but the more that you help people the more that people will a see your expertise and b They'll like you because you've taken time out of your life to help them for nothing. I mean, you're not expecting a tenner for your advice on Facebook, you know, but you're you're adding value to them. Now, they might not become your client, but their mate might or their hairdresser might because they've heard how you've helped them and they've gone, oh, my hairdresser's got the same problem. Do you mind speaking to them? And you can go, yeah, well, I do a power hour for 60 quid. We can we can have a chat about it. And there you've got a client. And that might potentially become a monthly client. So it's all about just, I don't know, just be nice to people, make friends. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. And that's, yeah, that's exactly what I do in the groups that I'm in. I'm not really a big poster. Um, I don't post that much brand new content as much as 
um, maybe I could do, but I do engage. I do go and look through and see if I can help people. And then if there's like lots of the same questions that pop up, um, I have said to admins of groups before, you know, um, especially in COVID time, I was in groups and they were all asking these questions. So I was like, would, would you like me to do a live Q&A or something with your group, you know? And and he's he was like, oh my goodness, yeah, that'd be amazing. And obviously it's, if you go in there genuinely thinking, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? You will automatically start getting people searching you out, finding you. And like you say, those lurkers, there might be people that have never engaged with you, but they know you're there. I have people that come into my, you know, my message requests. So we're not friends. And they're like, everyone keeps talking about you. <laughs> I, I need to know more, you know, and I'm thinking I've never seen this person in my life, but it's just gentle. It's encouragement um, in that, in that group as well. If someone does something really good, or I congratulate people. I just become part of the community like anybody else. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? You're, you just become a nice, likable person that's helpful. Isn't that what anyone wants from a service provider? Yeah, build your reputation like you would if you were at work. So you're never going to slag off sales. You know, you just, you're going to help them. If they ask for help, you'll help them. Same with anybody else in the business. And I think that that translates to the wider community. Be that person who even goes out of their way a little bit just to help people. That's amazing. Sarah, those, um, the five clients or the, the fifth potential client you've got, yes. did they all come from Facebook connections or did mm. they come from somewhere else? Two came from Facebook. Mm-hmm. No, three, mm, four. I lied. Sorry. <laughs> That's, that's amazing that's the proof isn't it that's yeah you can make this work how yeah. else would you recommend people look for their first clients my very first client came from a friend of a friend I don't know if I'm repeating myself if I am tell me but it came from a friend of a friend um the friend had a VA and the VA became my friend and the VA goes in VA circles obviously virtual assistant circles and she was like well I know so many who need virtual bookkeepers and I was like I don't even know that that's a thing but thanks uh, and then she shouted about it in a group. And I think that was the first five inquiries. Um, and that first client I got from that. The second client is a friend of my husband's. So that's a friend. That's not a Facebook one. The third client is off the back of the first client. So he's the he's the CFO of the first company that I work for. But he also has another business that he'd like me to do extra work for because he saw how good my work was in the first couple of weeks and how quickly I picked it up from the first client. So he could see the level of detail and everything else. So he was my third client. So kind of in a roundabout way, he kind of came from Facebook. Uh, My fourth client was a lurker in the six figure bookkeeper group. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. um, I don't think that we'd specifically connected, but she's adorable. So um, I'm working with her. And then the fifth client came from um, from Facebook just via my page, just a random random email. Wow. And then we, we talked things through. I love that one of the things we say to everyone, if you've come on any of our startup trainings, is make sure that people you know already know what you do and can explain it really simply because I think a lot of the time people don't know what a bookkeeper does just well that's one of the reasons we recorded the training actually because we know we've got these skills because we've been doing this in this industry for such a long time but we don't really know what that looks like as a business sometimes and um 
that if we don't always know like I'm gonna set up a bookkeeping practice I think I can do this but I don't know what actually my day-to-day would look like you know um which isn't as daft as it sounds actually as it comes out of my mouth because I think if you haven't worked in practice you don't necessarily know or you don't know what the possibilities are for you um if we don't know how on earth is a friend or a friend of a friend or your brother or someone going to know what you do so we need to really make sure those people can say what we do so they can help us spread the word and that just shows that within our networks we already have and I think we fail to realize like we've got friends like we've got connections that we see at the school gates or that we used to play a sport with or you know there are all sorts of networks that we're a part of and we can use them to get introductions and Joe and I were talking earlier about a kind of trust timer like the more time you spend in front of people the more time they get to know you and you sort of build this report like you said you'd listen to a lot of our podcasts and then you joined our group I think you even posted that you'd been a lurker in our group maybe sometime last year or something like that (laughs) yeah and so I think like it just takes time you get to know people and you're like oh hang on a minute actually this is really helpful and I think I need that and and you can you that's great with like your Facebook connections and the people who are looking at your profile but with the people you already know and the people in your network you've already got that so the fastest way to find a client is to speak to people you already know because they're gonna sing your praises and help spread the word but they need to understand what it is you do yeah 100% fab oh Sarah thank you so much for talking to us today about this I think lots of people watching are going to be really inspired and thinking like (laughs) how can I go and do this for myself and you know actually also people who are looking for their next clients and maybe have been trading for one thinking like actually Facebook is really powerful like there's Mm -hmm. stuff I could be doing I haven't thought about yeah incredibly I mean that's the basis of my entire business right now absolutely but it is working it's working and thank you so much for sharing and um and thank you for being so brave I mean we just messaged you today to say oh my goodness your post in the group in the success lounge was so inspiring and we feel like especially as we're in this month with startup and we want to help people with our valentine's bundle to get started and you use that and you're having such great success we thought we cannot but share this with our community so (laughs) thank you sarah for being so brave and and please keep us updated with your progress i will thank you both sarah can you let us know how people can connect with you i guess on facebook Uh, facebook (laughs) (laughs) so you can you can um friend request me if you want to i'm just sarah twig as there um and my facebook page is twig accountancy services if you want to give that a little look and a little like amazing oh sarah thank you so much um we are going to share those notes in our show notes i've got the if you're watching this on the video on youtube linkedin or facebook we've got the ticker with the link to our valentine's bundle but i'll also share that in the show notes as well um we will be back next week for another podcast thanks so much everyone bye don't forget to join us every week on the bookkeepers podcast with topical bookkeeping chat why not join our free facebook group the six figure bookkeepers club or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com